This episode of That Record Got Me High is sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic, features absurdist humor and seriously silly amusement keyed to the sophisticated palate of discerning listeners like yourself. Since migrating online in 2003, Is This Tomorrow has always been absolutely free, with no annoying advertising or paywalls. Visit isthistomorrow.com. You'll find hours of archived entertainment, hundreds of comics to distract from work, responsibilities, or just the existential pain of being alive. Dig through the archives for special Halloween comics, autobiographical strips, and even some in Anaglyph 3D. And check out our Society6 merch page for lots of Is This Tomorrow swag. Society6 forward slash Is This Tomorrow. New strip every Monday, now in color. IsThisTomorrow.com Five, four, three, two, one... Hey, welcome. I did it. I did it. Welcome to That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we have another special episode tonight because we're doing uh, the debut album, the awesome debut album by the Modern Lovers. And we have a guest. We do. From a, a, a person from Boston. Steve, you're from Boston, right? Yes, I grew up in the suburbs of Boston. Suburbs of Boston. So we have Steve Mishner. Of uh, the uh, awesome Yay. Big Dipper, <laughs> and also of uh, the early Volcano Sons and Dump Trunk, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, just for a yes. while you played. Yeah, and uh, the whole resume out. Do it. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's all we got, man. And, and uh, I've been dining out on that for years. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve. Yeah. It, uh, so me and Steve have never spoken, never met. I guess Barry's the one that knew Steve, but it's odd because Barry's like a Florida boy. Steve, I don't know if Barry told you, but uh, but I actually lived up there. I lived in you Salem. Did. I lived in Salem, Mass. In the late eighties, like from eighty-five to ninety. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, did you yeah. ever get a chance to see our band play? Uh, Were you in the? Of course team? I did. I saw. Yeah, I was. I actually played in a band up there. Not a not a very good band, but I I played in a band up there. Well, and, that goes uh, without come saying. Come on, which band? <laughs> we were called Inside Outburst. Oh. And, Inside uh, Outburst? Yeah, that was the name of our band. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely saw... I was a big uh, a big Dipper fan. Uh, a oh, Dump Truck, you. too. I actually saw... I, I did see Dump Truck. I'm not even sure if you were in the band when I saw them. Um, yeah, you kind of had to be very quick to right. see me in the band. Right, but uh, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan. So when uh, Barry oh, said you were going to be on the show, I was, uh, I was very excited. And I'm sure well, we... You- we we pr- probably know some of the same people um, from the scene because I know I knew like um, Kenny Highland and uh, oh, yeah. Joe Harvard and you know knew, oh you yeah know. yeah 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 Joe so, Harvard Harvard Kenny <laughs> Highland he was in the Moving Targets yes yes right, right. ah the Moving Targets yes. <laughs> Kenny no, Chambers. No, Kenny Highland. No, Kenny Highland. No, Kenny Chambers was in the right, Kenny right. Chambers, Kenny yeah. Highland. Kenny Highland was Kenny like Highland the mayor of uh, was the unofficial punk rock mayor of uh, Boston or something. I don't know. Yeah, Boston, Brighton. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> king of Johnny D's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. He was the garage rock king. <laughs> right. Kenny Chambers is the one who unfriended me on Facebook because he was mad at me yeah. for posting a photo of a street person. So that was that, it. Happens, that happens, Barry. Sometimes Barry's a great guy, but sometimes people get people mad do at that, him. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. He goes so, too uh, far. He takes it too far. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to say not that. Not in my, in my, not in my perspective. You're but yeah, guess, so obviously, other people have. I didn't want to say it. Other people have said that. I've <laughs> heard right. that before. All right, so let's get into the record we're talking about. So, yeah. So, Steve, why did you pick this record? Like, uh, what, <laughs> is, what, is, what is what is what does this record mean to you? And uh, oh my goodness, I don't know. See, I'm I'm a fairly inarticulate person. Mm-hmm. I um, <laughs> yeah, that's by... why we had you on the show. <laughs> exactly. Well chosen. Well chosen, boys. Um, I go by uh, with for music with me. So, as Frank uh, Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra famously said. Uh, I think it was Frank Zappa, actually, that uh, talking about music is very... Yeah, like, uh, it's like... Uh, dancing. Dancing about fucking. Architecture. Architecture. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so it's only Barry, only you would you would confuse... Well, I think Sinatra... Fucking and architecture. I think if Sinatra said it, it was probably fucking. I mean, Zappa said it. Yeah. Said I know it. he did. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, I know, but I can't remember <laughs> the word and... It's We're drinking. By the way, me and Barry yeah. drink while we do this. So if you want to keep oh up, goodness. if you want to keep up, you, you I already told him you can't. I already told him what, that we would drink and what he should drink if he wants yeah, to join yeah. the club. So I'm, uh, I'm enjoying a two town cider house cider. That sounds okay. <laughs> okay, so t- yeah, well, so tell us anyway, why okay, the modern the lovers. The modern when did lovers. you first? All right. All so right. this record this record came out actually in 19. 19- 76. 76. They were together yeah. earlier than that, like 70 to 74, but the record came out. So when did you, uh, when did you hear the record first? Well, you know, that's a really good question. I'm try- I was When I picked this record, and here, I'll just back up a little bit. And then we- so I-, I picked this record because it's my favorite record of all time. Oh, my gosh. This record nice. was, and, uh, and a lot of that is based on the song Roadrunner, but um, yeah. obviously uh, more to be had there. Um, but when I was growing up in Boston, in the suburbs of Boston, this record, a Roadrunner, was kind of always uh, on the radio. We had a lot of great disc jockeys, uh, even commercial disc jockeys in Boston, and they would play Roadrunner because it's uh, you know, the quintessential uh, New England song. I mean, it's the right. geographical, yeah. all the geographical right. mentions. Yeah. Um, and it... Uh, as a, um, and it's, it's going to be hard for Barry to believe this, but I was a, a when I was a teenager, I was a loser. <laughs> I was a suburban. Yeah, loo- I, I can loser. definitely sympathize with that. <laughs> I tell people, I tell people, I say, Beavis and Butthead was a documentary of my teenage years, <laughs> almost literally. Mine was more like the Brady Bunch oh. or something. Mm. Leave it to Beaver or something wow. like that. Yeah, I was a I was a total loser. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even a I wasn't even a I wasn't even a Beavis and Butthead level loser. See, I was so, just a suburban kid. All right, okay. so you probably in a way I would feel like that would make you um that would make you appreciate uh, uh, Jonathan Richmond and his songwriting oh, yeah. and and yeah, the way he is because like Lou Reed, you can listen to Lou Reed, but Lou Reed, yeah, you're like, never gonna there's live no way it. no one's ever going to be as cool as Lou Reed was, no. you know, and you're never going to be in his <laughs> league. But you listen to Jonathan Richmond, well, yeah. and you could think, uh, yeah, hey, that's me. Right. I've done oh. that. I made that phone call. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Oh, God. But, um, no, yeah. So, I, you know, anyone, uh, I mean, this song, the song Roadrunner is about driving by yourself and listening to rock and roll, and when you're 16 years old and you live in the suburbs, yeah, and you're a loser, that's about all you can do. So Pretty you much. drive around, 
and listen to music and this song comes on the radio and uh not only is it like a really hard driving rock and roll almost punk song proto-punk song as they say but it's got these great lyrics it's name checking the thing that you're driving past yep yeah the stop and shop and you're gonna te- yeah, you're gonna impress everybody by having the radio turned up really loud. Which... <laughs> so tell me, Steve, what year did you graduate high school? I graduated in '79. Okay, that's probably the year that I heard this record. It, I don't think I heard it when it first came out. I'm thinking it, it must have been later. Oh no, it must have been earlier. Yeah, it's like you know the whole '70s and yeah. It, it's a blur. I know it's all nineties. <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> yeah, we, we have that same bit, problem yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but um, but I know that this song jumped out of the radio at me, and because uh, you know, and the recording of it is very hot, so it's going to yeah. sound totally different than anything else coming out in the late seventies yes. like that. And we were very lucky, like I said, to grow up in a part of the world that had really great radio stations. Even oh yeah, for stations. sure. Even yeah, a BCN, the big rock station. At least when I lived there, it's it still. Even though they were the big commercial rock station, but they were still like really good radio stations. Yeah, they yeah. were good. Yeah, Oedipus was on. Yeah, uh, he had a Sunday night show, and I know he would always play Jonathan Richmond. And uh, hell, he would play like uh, Switch by mm. Susie and the Banshees on. Um, and then you had Carter Allen and Tammy Heidi and all these incredible DJs right. that had crossed over from the, uh, the college stations and were uh, pulling shifts at WBCN and just blowing our minds out of wow. the suburbs. Right. And then they also had WFNX, which is sort of like the FNX was like the alternative commercial station there. And uh, right. that uh, was when I heard they, they played you guys all the time on there on FNX. That yeah, Big that Dipper was a big especially. Us, so. Yeah, yeah. They, that was when they the were new great. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. New music. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually uh, that's when I heard the uh, the Modern Lovers was on. I got you remember you'd get these samplers. It was called like like new uh, new wave or. Uh, this is New Wave or something. Yeah, right. And it had a couple of uh, it, uh, a couple of songs from different artists. Blonde, uh, um, Blondie, I think it had, and and it had uh, Modern Lovers. It had like a couple of Modern Lovers songs on there too. And that was the first time I yeah, heard. Yeah, I don't know. I think I probably heard it after my sort of induction into punk rock in December of '79, and uh, after the after that. Yeah, I would have like I I listened to you know I think we've talked about this. I'll try not to tell a, a story I've told before. <laughs> All right, Grandpa, if you do, I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, you. yeah, but at this you point, know, I'm going to start stopping you. So I was ahead. a cheap trick, and then actually uh, I was into the Who a lot, and then you know saw the Clash on TV, and I was like, okay, cross it. Was like it was like I fell over the hurdle. You know, that the person that runs, yeah, that was it, right, right. right onto my face, and that was the end. Nothing was ever the same. No, it wasn't. So <laughs> I would have heard it after that, but. I didn't. Um, I I don't think I made actually the Velvets connection until later. But so much of this record is like a happy, upbeat version of basically Sister yeah. Ray. If you take the Sister Ray model and you apply it well, to right. well, I was thinking Jonathan Richin is kind of like the anti Lou Reed. Because he, as Lou Reed could be kind of, you know, yeah, and miserable. <laughs> and um, Jonathan, I don't know how Jonathan Richmond really was, but he had this uh, appearance of just being a jovial fellow, very, you know, um, so there's a and yeah. upbeat. Yeah, well, depressed. Still upbeat. Well, upbeat. But, and, but the thing is always, like, Lou Reed would never sing a song about, about a girl trying to make some girl like him. Oh, no. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> 
closest he got was the coach. He wanted to play football for the coach. <laughs> so, um, well, well, that's the amazing thing about Jonathan is here in the seventies. Well, well, in coming out of like a love for the Velvet Underground, which inspired him uh, to to write songs and form a band, he was uh, just yeah. I mean, he was like putting himself out there as this loser who can't get a girl or. Um, yeah, you know, he was competing against the the hippies and the stoners, and, right, right, and um, and so how amazing is that in the seventies? You know, where, well, yeah, especially you know, when was it was like recorded the, in seventy one, late seventy one and seventy two. I mean, this was yeah, just like yeah. from an like this is the same sort of. It was like contrary, yeah, it was like contrary to anything else that was going on in rock and roll right. at the time. Yeah. yeah, it was big. It was the big dick era, and he was like, oh my god, you know, yeah, drinking violet. Can he I was. say that on the radio? Can say that on the radio? This is a podcast. We could say whatever the fuck we want. That's to, right. So you know, hey, okay. I like I like you boys. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, yeah, so, so uh, aside from Jonathan uh, Richmond, this band yeah. ended up being like kind of a yeah, who's who of Boston musicians. Yep. Because yes. you had Jerry Harrison on piano, organ, backing vocals, who eventually Talking played heads. with the Talking Heads. You had David Robinson, awesome drummer. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. actually obviously playing the drums with the cars. actually make this record. What it the is. metronome. He was the he's metronome. So, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Someone I love. He's one. Of, he's my favorite type of drummer because so many drummers like. Uh, try, I always say there's so many drummers that try and be like a, a Keith Moon or Neil Peart, and they can't because they're not that good. So it ends up just being sloppy. <laughs> and then the drummers that I appreciate are the ones that aren't right. afraid to just lock yeah, in. Yeah, he just locks to in to a and beat and just yes. play the it's fuck. It's driving out. and there's no. It's just I'm relentless. Great. Yeah, so good. And then Ernie Ernie Brooks was. Uh, here's, okay, here's the story about Ernie Is that the original In the demo versions of of uh, um, uh, God, my fucking brain Let me get The demo versions of I'm Straight It's not Hippie Johnny It's Hippie it's Ernie Oh, okay, I didn't know that Yeah, so it's actually yeah. better that Hippie Johnny works a lot better Yeah, yeah It's <laughs> one of those Ernie. things <laughs> But I'm guessing it was well, Ernie Well, what I understood what I understood is the hippie Johnny came from uh, sometime uh, part-time guitarist, early guitarist uh, John Felice, okay. who was also kind of a Boston legend. He right, went yeah. on to form the Real Kids, Real Kids right? Yeah. yeah. All Kinds of Girls is one of the, the best uh, uh, garage rock songs to come out of Boston in that era. Yep, yep. And he was the original, one of the original members, right? One of the founding members, but I guess he's not. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not on this. He's not in it now. No, no. Right. I okay, so the, so basically They're this all is, dead. Right. This right. Is and i got to put in a plug for Ernie. Let me put in a plug for Ernie because he went on to be in a band. He's the, the forgotten modern lover, but he was in The Necessaries, who were a New York band uh, kind of in the... Uh, Early '80s. I, I remember. We put out a great album. Really? Yeah, I kind of remember uh, that. Actually, uh, I do not. They're kind of like a New York poppy arty. Uh, they got a really cool record cover. Oh, cool. uh, On their on their records, but anyway, uh, you know, I was a total completist by the time uh, <laughs> you know, right. I got into the Modern Lovers. I, no, I that's was, awesome. You know, I was You're... so into it. I got the Necessaries record. You were built for this podcast, yes, right? Yes, for here. sure. <laughs> There's that. That aspect is. And uh, one of the a story about David Robinson when I worked to. Uh, my uh, day gig when I was in all those bands that you mentioned um, was working in a, a copy shop, a Xerox shop, um, uh, right on uh, Boylston, which was right around the corner from uh, Cars Studio on uh, Newbury Street. Oh, okay, okay. So that would have been the early 80s, yeah. mid-80s. Right. Yeah. 
And David Robinson, when I was come in, and he, he, I don't know what the hell he was copying or why David Robinson needed a copy. <laughs> but he always had Sometimes three you just need beautiful copies. models. Oh. Are you serious? But he would have these beautiful models on, you know, one on each arm and then one kind of in, in That's know, so awesome. In <laughs> reserve. That's, this is the line. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my, that's my David. That's Robinson. good. So, that's was that awesome. the same copy shop? Was that the same copy shop that Peter Prescott worked in? Didn't he work in yes, a copy? Yes. No, I I got Peter Prescott that job. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is. And great. then the you know the floodgates opened. Suddenly, Copy Cop became the hippest place I'm to sure. work. Sure. Yeah. Because here's Peter Prescott, right, Burma's recently, drummer. Yeah. 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 Recently divorced from Mr. Burma, standing at the pickup counter, looking out the window. <laughs> All day, stoned. <laughs> oh, I can't Johnny. Yeah, you can say that. I think well, people that know. I don't know. That Peter may not. <laughs> I think pe- people know Peter well enough. God love the statute him. of limitations yeah. of being stoned well, at a coffee yeah. shop is passed. I got a Peter Prescott story, but we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> oh yeah, you should have him on. Uh, we're planning. I'm going to ask him. And so Peter, <laughs> we'll make him do <laughs> Sticks record. We'll actually make him. Oh, do he's going to blow your mind. Record. I know. I can tell you what record he's going. to He won't listen to this, so I will tell you that he is going to pick a Deep Purple record, and you're going to. You love know it. what? Because oh, I want Machine Barry, Head is yeah, on Barry, my list. Yeah, I love Machine Head. You know what? I, I, I'll, I'll talk to, about Deep Purple okay, with so Peter Prescott. I'm going to hit him up. <laughs> I'll hit him up and just say, you know, do you want to do Machine Head? <laughs> A little bird told us. A little bird told us. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, so real quick, let's just set the stage. In, in April 1972, okay. the Modern Lovers went to Los Angeles, and they had uh, a demo sessions. And uh, the the one with John Cale was produced. Uh, a lot of those songs ended up on this record. And then they did a couple with Alan Mason and Robert Appare. Yeah, yep, something like Appare that. for A&M. Yep. And uh, a, a couple songs from that ended up on the record. So none of these, but these songs were uh, demos. The recording were really meant to be demos, but they ended right. up. Uh, yeah, yeah they but they've been screwing the around for record. years. There's there's more than once. There was the Kim Fowley demos. Right. Afterwards, yeah. That's and, the I'm Straight, was, I think, is from yeah. the, which isn't, which isn't on the original record, but is. Uh, yeah. Is, I mean, is, thank uh, God it's Kim on this Foley. one. Because. No, it's so, not. And then the. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Steve. What do you got? And the amazing thing about this band is, so it's it's doing all these demos and it's trying to get for, uh, signed and it's writing these songs and right. it's an incredible thing, but nobody's really heard it except pe- people in Boston and New York. Yep. And then they go away. Uh, I was just reading a little bit of this history and they do some like week at a hotel in Bermuda. Oh, my oh God. yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and they come back and Jonathan has changed his mind completely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he liked the he was hotel on band. His head. Yeah, and uh, and now he doesn't want to have loud guitar, or loud drums, or loud bass, or loud That's keyboard. Great. Or, it's yeah. so great. So or uh, or sing any of the songs that they've just uh, spent the last few years. Trying. So I have my Jonathan Richmond story. Is it's not a Jonathan Richmond story. It's a story about another local musician. Now he's local that we know. Our old pal Kramer, uh, Kramer, the producer from Shimmy Disc, bass player oh, yeah. for Shaka Belly yeah. and Bongwater. He lives in. He Halland. produced some Big Dipper stuff actually after I left the band. Really? Oh, really? After you left the yeah, band, was it really Big Dipper after you life. left? Was it really Big Dipper after you left? No, no one cared. Yeah, well, we won't <laughs> go into that, Barry. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Kramer in Shockabilly, there was in one of their albums had uh, the Shockabilly tour diary, and you can imagine what driving around with uh, Kramer and Eugene <laughs> Chadbourne and David Licht. 
the smoke pouring out the sides. Speaking of being stoned, <laughs> yeah. smoke pouring out the sides of the van. But the tour diary mm-hmm. and it, the Shockabilly tour diary is a piece of art because Kramer is unsparing in his his assessments of people, <laughs> and he claims that Jonathan Richmond was the biggest asshole they ever dealt with anywhere. Ever on the road. Any ah. really? Well, yes, they were well, setting up this. Can I just say, Kramer calling someone an asshole? You gotta take it with a, <laughs> with a grain of salt. Kramer, you're not gonna listen no, to this. I have but, never, yeah. I have never had the pleasure of meeting Jonathan. As far as I remember, I've seen him play a number of times. But people who have met him, uh, like my friend Cynthia, like after the show, and this is much later. This was a couple of years ago. He came back to her house with a bunch of other people from the show, and they just hung out and ate ice cream and played songs. Well, that nice. sounds okay. <laughs> well, I, I'll and tell she'll you, tell you that he's a sweetheart. I, I right. think that, yeah, I think that Kramer's assessment was based on the fact that Shaka Belly was, uh, they were loud stoners yeah. playing psychedelic <laughs> music. Uh-huh. And they yeah, set I up. I thought they were trying to steal his girlfriend. No, it was. <laughs> so they set up, they do their sound check. And Jonathan, like, has got his fingers plugged in his ears, and he's yelling at them. They have to turn down. You have right. to turn down. You have to turn down. And so I guess he wanted to turn down to the point where it was a little bit absurd. He yeah, said yeah. he wanted, to, he didn't, he wanted to be able to hear the the, uh, the strings on the guitar, string, uh, yeah, without the amp, like <laughs> yeah, the strings. But exactly. I, I actually heard that about him. So I imagine he's probably a sweet guy, but could be a difficult, probably difficult. Yeah. One of these guys that could be difficult yes. to yes. work with. Yeah, yes. um, he's an artist. Yeah, 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 he's an artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into let's this goddamn it. record already. We oh, they okay, for God's sake. Enough of the yapping. We've been yeah. dancing. Or, well, we're, we're going to do more Rob's yapping. the timekeeper. All right, so the first song. Right out of the gate. Roadrunner, which is yeah. one, of, it's one of these great songs, much like Sweet Jane or Sister Ray, that it's almost hard to play it bad. Because right. It's exactly. so, it, it, right, it's so good. It has such a good hook and such a good vibe to it that it's almost impossible to fuck it up. It's like a happy version of Sister Ray, where it's yeah, just it's that the drive. Chords, it's right, the same yeah, right. chords. Right. And so you can go right from Sister Ray into Roadrunner. Uh, right, right. And, my God, it's it just... This, you know, it's just the best, greatest. It's one of the greatest so opening great, songs, and it's a, such a great song to hear on the radio uh, when you're driving. And Steve, I know I, I'm sure you have. I know I have uh, d- driven down 128 when it's dark outside. outside. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've done that. Oh yeah, uh, I think I purposely did that and <laughs> took this album with me. Just... Right. Right. Yeah. But I so, think, uh, Rob, your point was perfect. I think that it's it's a very difficult song to recreate, and I know that I've tried to play it in bands, uh, you know, as a tribute, but it ends up sounding uh, somehow just lacking, and I know the, the Sex Pistols version, of course. Oh, is, uh, that's a, I, was, I wrote in my notes, we have to talk about the Sex Pistols version okay. on Rock and Roll Swindle. Oh, do yeah. we have to? Just, yes, we do. Just because... <laughs> you're, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just want to say the, the reason why I think that the, the, the song works so well is it's really not like the lyrics... It's not a traditional rock song. I mean, it's it's almost like somebody riffing. It's almost right, like a, right, yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. like jazz. He's like jazz yeah, he riffing is. about where he is. Right, he's looking around him and he's, and he's, and and I just don't think you can recreate that kind of. True, because <laughs> well, Johnny, it's a first person. Hearing Johnny Rotten trying to first of all, he, he doesn't know how he goes. I, I don't know the words, and then talking about stop and shop, you know he has no idea what Nothing. stop and shop means, what it is, <laughs> but he keeps saying, "Oh, the stop and shop." Uh, it's yeah. just so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. 
Um, but it is a beautiful song, perfect uh, opening to, uh, oh, yeah, to this right? album. It, it really uh, is. It really in is. In most albums, it would you know totally blow everything out of the water. But, but not this one. That, but not this one. For this record, I gotta, I, yeah, go ahead. I want to give a shout out to, uh, to an old uh, Boston rock friend of mine. Uh, Joyce Linehan is actually trying to make Roadrunner the official uh, rock song of Massachusetts. Oh, That's wow. awesome. Well, I actually, wait, Joyce Linehan was from where? What did she do? Did she, was she, she involved did a lot with, of, uh, um, yeah, that name sounds She booked a lot of bands. She booked a lot of clubs. She booked Green Did she book T.T. Uh, the Bears? Um, she didn't book T.T. the Bears, oh, okay. um, although she was probably involved as a publicist. She was involved with uh, a lot of bands. Right, um, right. Uh, gosh, I, I can't remember, but you know, like a, a ton of the yeah, I know. Cool yeah, her name her name definitely rings a bell with me. So I'm and sure she went on point. to a career in politics, and uh, but oh, now really? she is as a sidelight. She is uh, yeah, she works for the mayor of Boston now. Oh, nice. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, song, nice Roadrunner, should definitely absolutely be the official. Well, song. The, there's another rock and roll song called Roadrunner, though. There is Bo Diddley, right? I don't know. Oh, of course, of course. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Do you think that he ripped it off? Do you think that's where he got the, the You know, the name? nobody, if you dig around deep enough, Bo Diddley stole his from somewhere, I guarantee you. Because when you do that, when Blue you start Reed. digging around, yeah. <laughs> you know, you start digging around, you find out, oh, all those old blues songs, well, they, they're all stolen from some other blues guy. So the guy that, the guys that, <laughs> so, that the guys literally that sued Led Zeppelin and won money from oh, them right. for stealing actually stole the songs that they were that they were getting paid for so oh nice it's fun right. yeah but next we got to go because he's all alone in his room he's uh on the astral plane yeah he's on the astral yeah. song number two is astral plane and uh many so this- uh, yeah many of his songs are he's uh, pining after the unattainable <laughs> woman so in this one i feel like he's he realizes he has no shot so he's resigning himself well maybe i'll meet her on the astral plane yeah I think that uh, what the word I was that what astral plane to me always just seemed like he was gonna you know he was gonna uh, think of her in a particular way. That well, I actually have the backstory on. I can uh, give you the backstory. Oh, nice! All right, do it. Now, here's what I'm going to recommend to you guys, if and all your uh, listeners, if you haven't read an incredible book called Astral Weeks. Oh, oh, about the Van Morrison. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. so you. So you buy the book. Well, I got it at the library. I don't buy books. I'm too cheap. So it's called <laughs> Astro Weeks, The Secret History of 1968. And it's written by Ryan Walsh, who's a, in a Boston band um, called Hallelujah the Hills. And he's a writer uh, as well. And he wrote this book about 1968, which is a summer that uh, um, and Van Morrison happened to end up somehow after he left the them or left them uh, in Boston. But it's not just about uh, it's not just about uh, Van Morrison. It's, it's an incredible amount of things going on in Boston that summer. And uh, uh, have you ever read the book by Bill Bryson called uh, 1929? You know, that rings a bell. But I, I don't think yeah. I have. But I think it was. It's another great book, and it goes into like. Like, so 1929 just so happens, summer 1929 was the summer Babe Ruth was, uh, like, breaking world records. Uh, the Lindbergh baby. Yeah. Uh, Sacco and Vanzetti. Like, all these things were happening. Well, yeah. in Boston in 1968, it was the same thing. And he pulls in all these things, which is all kind of tied together by Van Morrison. 
Ah. One of them is, and I've got the book here uh, so I can read from it, but apparently Lou Reed loved this book called uh, A Treatise on White Magic. Ah. It was written by this woman, Alice Alice Bailey, who is a New Age pioneer. (laughs) And she wrote... (laughs) And she believed in, uh, so this is like here, Lou Reed, you relax your physical body, endeavor to quiet your astral body, as far as may be, and to steady the mind. And so Lou Reed believed in this book. So the idea of the astral plane is that if you can't connect with a girl, you go into her dreams. Oi. Oh, my God. Stalker. He's a stalker. Because at the time, I'm quoting from the book, Reed was fond of passing along this book to treat us to people he felt were ready. Yeah. And recipients included Jonathan Superfan, Jonathan Richmond. Oh, oh my God. God. And Lou awesome. said, one of my big mistakes was turning him oh, on to Jesus Alice Bailey. Christ. Poor Lou. Why was that one of his big mistakes? I'm sure. Uh, he said, that's where that insect cut song comes from. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the book, insects are manifestations of negative ego thoughts. Yep. And... Uh, but yeah, so whereas the rest of the songs are, are kind of grounded in this kind of basic longing, this yeah. song deals with this metaphysical. I mean, it's Hippie Jonathan. It's him yeah, him. for real. That is awesome. That, but well, look yeah. at you, Barry, finding a guest that actually reads books and stuff and remembers shit that's in it. I figured it was going to work. I figured it was going <laughs> to work. You've got to read this book. It's an amazing book. And it's I might read the Alice anymore. Bailey book, too, because. Yeah, is, don't read it. Don't read it. Barry. Oh, come on, man. I read, I'm, I read way more songs than that. about bugs, nah, too. Nah. After I got to yeah. tell you, people that, people that know what I read will know that it's not a. <laughs> not a uh, uh, not a problem. It's not for that me. far out. It's I know, not. I know you can handle it. Lou approves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a beautiful song, and it deals with um, with his uh, his usual things, his usual topics of loneliness. But um, yeah, um, he, he's you know, um, uh, poor Jonathan, and <laughs> you know, and so Kale is producing this, and maybe he. I wonder how he feels about yeah, yeah. when Jonathan yeah. is showing him this book that Lou has given him, and I'm sure that that would have like, yeah, that bullshit. He's like, oh, put yeah, that bullshit like, down. Let's record this goddamn song. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, been like he slept on Lou Reed's couch. I mean, yep. he's, he's a hardcore fan. Yes, he was. That's, right. that's awesome. So we're gonna. This is uh, we're gonna the halfway point. We're gonna take a quick break, refill our drinks, and uh, so oh. Steve, don't hang up. Yeah, don't hang and, up. And uh, we're gonna just uh, we'll be back in just a moment. This week's episode of That Record Got Me High is sponsored by Is This Tomorrow at isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow. The topic of this article may not meet Wikipedia's notability guideline for web content. Please help to establish notability by citing reliable secondary sources that are independent of the topic and provide significant coverage of it beyond its mere trivial mention. If notability cannot be established, the article is likely to be merged, redirected, or deleted. Is This Tomorrow is a comic strip, created by Kelly Shane and Woody Compton, begun as a college newspaper feature in 1991 and revived as a webcomic in 2003. The comic is experimental in form, and though it includes recurring characters, the subject matter and style often varies from strip to strip. The name was taken from the anti-communist comic book Is This Tomorrow, published in 1947 in St. Paul, Minnesota. Visit isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're back. 
That record got me high. That's Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. And we're here with uh, special guest Steve Mishner from Big Dipper. Who we've established reads. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows what those shapes on the page look like. Yeah, he does. He's Mysterious. Much smarter than me or Barry, I could tell immediately. The so, biggest dipper. The biggest dipper. <laughs> All so, right, so we're into song number three, which is a world. great song. It old is. World. So now this is my, I have to say, I'm going to break from the group here. Good. This is my least favorite song in the album. Is it really? Is it really? Only what? in one way. So what? really, and, and it's not fair to Jonathan because this is his manifesto. <laughs> right, right, right. Sort of, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, musically, and not that like there's you know all these songs feature like 40 chords and yeah. uh, diminished sevenths or anything, but yeah. this is like a blues progression where he just kind of spells out what his uh, deal is. Right, so what, so what there, uh, there really is not much going on musically in this song. It's more like right. what he's saying. Right, and that's saying. my only thing. It's right. just like it just yeah. kind of plods along. I get that. And he, I get that. I just uh, love. It, I, I just love that he's not ashamed to admit that he uh, still loves his parents. That's true. That's, that's such a that's such an un rock and roll thing Very. to declare. That Possibly you still the love least your rock and roll thing to declare <laughs> is that you love your parents. I, I love that. In the fifties apartment house, it's bleak yeah. in the seventies sun, but he still loves the fifties. And he still loves the old world, <laughs> yeah. so he's a sentiment, and he's a sentimental guy, you know. Oh, he's totally, a, yeah, totally. But uh, but um, you know what? I was also thinking this song would be a great song for like the hipster, the current hipster kids now. You know, kids oh, right. they're into like doing uh, a blacksmithing now, and they make their own so- soap <laughs> and shit. They would love this yes. song because it's just about I'm loving. I'm in Portland. <laughs> every every other store is a blacksmith store. <laughs> I just, know. Just, you... just wait till you have to make your own soap. Then they'll be like, "Wow." <laughs> Oh, you're there. That's right, Steve. You're you're among the bearded like hipsters oh, and yeah. suspenders you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and stuff. I'm gonna waste a couple of minutes here asking you about <laughs> that other Portland resident that we talked about and someone who was a subject of one of our podcasts. And oh yeah, the uh, pavement. Pavement. Yeah, pavement. Right. Yeah. So tell us yeah, your Malcolm. story. Oh yeah, yeah. So I have a Malcolmus sighting. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, let's hear um, back in it. Well, just, I want to go back and and brag. So. About a little, um, uh, this was probably in the early 90s, right after I left Big Dipper, I moved to San Francisco, and I fell in with this crowd, and we had access to a uh, fax machine and free time at work. Uh. <laughs> and uh, so Pavement came out, and I was listening to Pavement, and I was like, what the fuck? Because you know, they were huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, they hit the first record hit, and everyone was like, wow, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I was like... Right. This is the fall. It was the fall. I'm right there yeah. with you, buddy. Yeah, if you listen to the our episode, I'm the right fall. there with you. Yeah. And it was the first record, yeah. And so, um, but everyone was getting into him. So, me and my friends, uh, we were all these hipsters and record people uh, that I had fell, uh, fallen in with in San Francisco. <laughs> so, we created this parody album that was called Gold Sounds. It was a pavement uh... tribute. And it had, we, we uh, created a press release. Um, that said that this record was coming out and it was going to have Mike Watt and Sonic Youth oh and God. Dinosaur Jr. Oh, man. And all these people playing. And uh, so we sent it out to all the music papers and we started getting calls like oh, asking us God. about what, what's the deal with this record. <laughs> That's a ballsy move, I got to say. Yeah, so we had fun with that, of course. Then we were like, well, actually, yeah, we're just making fun joke. of you. But, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, tribute, air quotes with the tribute. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But anyway, you know, the That's idea awesome. that, like, people were worshipping Pavement after they put out one record that True. was extremely derivative. It's like these guys started listening to music when uh, 
you know, uh, REM's second record came out. Yep. <laughs> and not to not to knock Pavement because no, you, you can know, knock them all day. Records. I don't care. All great. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, because so, I I mean you know, uh, Crooked Rain is you know. It, oh yeah, I, I love that record. record. It's yeah. great. That's I don't know. So we we already covered Rob this, and I but are, some yeah. people just yeah, yeah. Some guys I just they just get uh, they, they're just a little too clever by half, and you can see their. <laughs> he doesn't know that I, we actually. I already told you. I already told him that he clever was the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're signing. But so I was, yeah. So I was in. Uh, I knew I knew Malcolmus was in, around. So, but I went into my favorite record. I'm uh, not record store. Wine shop. Uh, of course. This uh, cool dude runs a, a wine shop around the corner here, and I went in, and he he uh, he knew Big Dipper, and he kind of is in uh, in the music scene too uh, around here, and so he. His eyes light up when he sees me, and he's like, "Oh my God, I got two rock stars!" He announces to the whole wine shop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, I think you might have one and a half." <laughs> and he, so he introduces me to Steve Malcolmus, who is very nice, but really wants, you know, to he, leave. as soon as he finds out that I'm in Big Dipper, he's like, he's you know, instantly like, "Okay, I don't need to." No, Jesus. <laughs> I can I can settle back down here. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> he was very nice and uh, not a big fan of wine apparently, but buying wine for his uh, in-laws. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, Malcolm is sighting. But there uh, you go. That's anyway. great. And getting called out as being a rock star with one side. That's like a, a bonus. <laughs> that's a sighting with a bonus. Right. So yeah, uh, uh, thinking, uh, all right, so let's get we're on song number four now, which is Pablo Picasso, which this is the one uh, one of the songs that was on that new wave sampler that I got. Oh, now, really? Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. Now, didn't John Cale? His... Yeah, didn't Cale's version of this, John Cale's version of this, come out before the Modern Lovers? Didn't he? Well, it could have. You're I think right. it did. It came out like '75. Oh, okay. So yeah, probably, I think yeah. that he, you know, he was like, you know, Jonathan, I'm going to cover your. I can't do his Welsh accent, but you know. <laughs> I'm going to do well, a get cover back to us when you Picasso. can do John Cale's yeah. Welsh accent. Okay. So yeah. have you guys, so the song, I'm trying to pull up the lyrics here, but my uh, internet is giving me a hard time. Um, the song asserts that Pablo Picasso is never called an asshole. Which we are, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you guys, but have you guys seen the uh, Netflix um, Oh, uh, no, that's right. Video? There's a... Uh, by Hannah uh, Gadsby, uh, Australian comedian. No. It, tell tell us again the context of this. I know what you're, ta- know what you're talking about, but I have not seen it. What's the context? Yeah, so it's, it's sweeping the uh, <laughs> sweeping the internet. Okay. Uh, so this woman is a, has been, I guess, a, she's a um, lesbian uh, comedian from Australia, I think, or Tasmanian. Yeah. Uh, so she does this... Uh, Monologue, you know, like a stand-up routine. It starts out as a stand-up routine, and she's very funny. But then she gets into, um, oh, and she's an art history major. That's what brought uh, up. Okay. Yeah. But then she gets into like, you know, how people, you know, the, the lesbians and transgender and uh, bisexual people are um, very oppressed and very, um, you know, uh, she talks about how, you know, what it's like to live like that. Right. right. In a normal society, right? And so she brings up Pablo Picasso, and she literally comes out, and she doesn't quote Jonathan Richmond, but she comes out and says Pablo Picasso was an asshole. Ah, yes. that's great. Yeah, he was. Every time <laughs> and, the song is on, Susan from... and I go. Yeah, Susan and I both go. 
you know, he was called an asshole <laughs> to his face. Well, I feel like I feel like he's kind of in this song just sort of as a placeholder because yeah, w- one is. of the things I love about this song is that it's called Pablo Picasso, but he never mentions uh, painting any, or that he's an artist no. or anything. Right. It's just a, his magnetic personality. He's walking down the street and yeah. He's like five foot. What is he? Five foot one. Yeah, the five girls could not resist his stare. Um, Which may have been true. Yeah. So this is just uh, again, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, Apparently, he had lots of lovers. Right. Oh right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So overlapping, now, it, now, I believe. Uh, do you like this song though? Because this song is very simplistic. This is one, one of those chord. one chord songs. Like uh, there's some yes, songs out there. <laughs> well, I think this one is. is but it has, by the... yeah, it has a dynamics to it. it has a lot of E minor, as cool I recall. Yeah. So this yeah. is just E minor. So yeah, the, it's a keyboard. Now it's a guitar. It's like the guitar steps up, but always for me, the highlight of this album as a bass player, of course, is the bass because ah. it's, yeah, it's, it's great. But it's, yeah. Uh, but he he does these like nice little runs and yeah uh, yeah you know he yeah. stays within the song. He doesn't call a lot of attention to himself. But right he, uh, right. And I think yep. he separates this because when you have a one chord song, you got to you can't something. just play. E. Oh yeah no yeah. no you have to really play it. You yes. got to play it. Um, yeah and everyone all the musicians on this record are so good and even Jonathan I, I really like his, his guitar, guitar playing. Guitar playing is, his guitar record. playing is really yeah. actually oh, sort he's of incredible guitar for yeah. forward have you guys seen thinking. Him play? Have no. you seen him play uh, solo? No. no, no, I never have. Okay, well, if he ever comes down there anywhere near uh, South Florida, then uh, I chances of that his... happening, Rob? What do I you know. Say? People don't make it down <laughs> here, Steve. It's, uh, they, hey, they 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 see the map. They're like up in oh, uh, yeah. Jacksonville or Tampa. They look at the map and they go, "No." Nah. How many hours drive? Oh, it's <laughs> six, six, seven hours drive. And, and then we have to drive back up again yeah. to go to uh, New Orleans. No, forget it. Mm, yeah. yeah, not gonna happen. All right, That's so not. that uh, so Pablo Picasso finishes side one as as the record. So side two starts out with she cracked. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite. My part. God. What this, a song. I was going to say, this is my favorite song in the album. It's like every song is my favorite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one is. This one is either number one or number two or like tie for number one. Right. Because yeah. it, it's the the riff and it all goes together. It makes a perfect package. The sound of the music and the way the lyrics are and what he's talking about fit together perfectly. And it's actually uh, uh, Sue and I were driving around, and it's it's just I want to be your dog sped up. So, oh, okay, <laughs> musically, right. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the organ, like Jerry Hart, the organ and guitar interplay in this song is really good. Uh, there's the, there's a whole noisy part in the middle, and that that goes into like a breakdown it's before great. it goes back into the chorus, and it's really good. And cracked the word cracked. She didn't she didn't crack up. She didn't she didn't have a nervous break. She, cr- I mean, oh. Uh, yeah. What does that mean? What does she do? What she well, I you well, know. this is, uh, so basically, I think it's about a girl who's so. Fucked up that he can't be with her. But right. I think he's using. I, I don't know if he. Whenever he says stuff like that, I well, think. Well, is it the same girl from Hospital? Oh yeah, the well, next I, song. I, I was wondering if oh, maybe right. when you a, get a out of the hospital, about the same girl. Right, All right, you know. So he says she did things that I don't. She'd eat garbage, eat shit, get stoned. I stay alone, eat health food at home. Necessary <laughs> <laughs> to self-help. Right, right. Yeah, but he also lyrics. says. <laughs> I can't care if she stays with another man. Oh, yeah. So she's already staying yeah. with another man. So it's like, you know, because she's cracked. You know, that's why he can't be with her. Because right. she cracked. Yeah. yeah um, beautiful. Just unrequited love song. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sad, but I won't. He's not going to crack. Um, <laughs> I'm hurt. You're right. Yeah, yeah, she hurt him. But, you know, unrequited love, man. If you do it right, 
He's yeah. got a, he's got a whole uh, a whole record full of. You know, I was just thinking. Could you imagine these guys like back in when they <laughs> first got together with this guy? They must have. These guys are all great musicians. Jerry yeah. Harrison. They must have thought, "Wow, man, this guy's writing some fucking badass songs." Yeah. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> they. And they were probably so disappointed when he started saying, "Nah, I don't want to do this." Oh songs. my god. Well, that's the terrifying thing is because they were they were probably thinking. Yeah, this could actually, you know, this could go somewhere. This could, and then you go to Bermuda, and he sees a fucking hotel band <laughs> doing like lounge reggae. He's like, I want to do that, and and it's like, oh, <laughs> I want to play like that. And you know, they're looking at each other like you. Everybody's doing this thing. Like, is he kidding? Is he kidding? And he's not. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So we were the next tune, Hospital. Susan and I were having a discussion about. Okay, is Jonathan the reason she ended up? In the mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Did he drive her crazy? Oh, is it a well, mental hospital? Now, are you convinced well, it it's a mental be, hospital? Yeah, it seems like maybe it's a... It doesn't say, really. It doesn't right. say. And he keeps talking about her eyes like, oh, he fixates on her eyes like, what's what's the deal with her eyes? I'm in love with the power <laughs> that shows through in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Go, that, he goes to bakeries all day long. Oh, this, this is a great line. This is one of the best lines of this. Of a lack of, anything. There's a lack of sweetness in my life. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. I had a friend who used to drive her a bakery truck and then go around uh, to deliver the, you know, oh, yeah. the flour for the for the bakery. So, uh, <laughs> I understood. I understood that line. Well, right. Ba- bakery right. trucks figure heavily in uh, in another rock and roll uh, story, Lancaster, California. Really? Yes, that's right. Captain Beefheart's dad drove a a bakery truck, and he and that Don Van Vliet, Captain Beefheart, and Frank Zappa would uh, uh, ride around in the truck eating the day olds, and so they. Uh, forced Get your ever wondering, see, Barry knows more about Captain Beefheart than anyone. So if you ever need some <laughs> Captain Beefheart info, go to Barry. There you go. We will get that. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, now so, she's in the hospital. What yeah, happened? When you get out of the hospital, let me back in your life. I can't stand what you do. Yeah. I'm in love with your eyes. And, oh my God, and, the guy's writing this. He's just <laughs> writing poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also, live. And here's another problem. You live in modern apartments. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the apartment, thing, well, the dwelling know, space seems to be an issue because he likes the '50s. He still likes the '50s apartment house. Right uh, now, yeah. let me ask you guys well, this: Well, he's I very know... sensitive. He's he's right. he's sensitive to the aesthetics of of modern life. And yeah. growing up in the '70s, I mean, yeah, true. You guys are true, young. True. You guys are young. No, 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 no. Rob, you graduated. I graduated in '81. I graduated, I graduated in 82, so, so yeah. We're, okay, we're right up there years. with you. Okay, you're up there. Okay. But uh, let but me ask you guys. It was an ugly time. The it was. The world was ugly. <laughs> it was. All right, let me ask you guys this, though. We're all guys, so we really can't speak to this, but yeah. could you imagine? Yeah. He seems sweet, but if if you were a girl and he was interested in you, no. wouldn't you be kind of creeped out? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't he, he's got a little he's stalkery that, he, vibe. He, he, he to has him. the uh the the creeper <laughs> vibe a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's like oh, he's sweet, but you know uh, So I'm, okay. I'm gonna bring one. my uh, my friend with me on the date. As far just as to the dwell this reminds me his his uh, obsession with place the gov- you know, he's got the government center is later on in the record. So mm-hmm. um d- no uh, point of order. Point of order. Well, yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not I'm jumping ahead, but there's uh No, but it's a it's a nine song album and there were a lot of reissues, but you know, the the, the album actually ends. Right, right, right. With right. Modern World and then you have your, Absolutely. your your bonus tracks that come in later, which yeah, are yeah. 
which is great actually which is great it's a great as a nine song record it's perfect it's nearly it is, perfect but if it didn't have uh, 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 um, you know government center and and uh, uh, um, I'm straight, I'm straight. Yeah. I, I mean because oh yeah I'm straight I'm yeah straight. we got yeah we got to yeah. include Arm Street I mean why would you put out a nine song album yeah, I mean you've got... ten songs was the minimum like you five on a side right and you've got all these songs and you right. have no and it's not like they asked them <laughs> yeah right you know, right. should we? You know, I mean, for God's sakes, you're just trying to make money off of this. Just put the damn ten song out. Right, right. Well, they ended up doing a whole, well, a whole bunch of shit afterwards, and, uh, and right, uh, they did. But what I was going to say was, Talking Heads' first record. Uh, uh, there's a um, David Byrne sort of maybe tips his hat to Jonathan a little bit with uh, uh, "Don't Worry About the Government." Loved ones, oh, yeah. loved ones, visit the building, take the highway, <laughs> park, and yeah, yeah. come up and see me. And I just got to think there's some modern lovers in right in there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. I definitely think in Talking Heads, early Talking Heads, I definitely right. think the sensibility right. yeah. informed by that. They must have known about them because Jerry oh, probably had the tapes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Hey, there you go. All right, so we're on the song connection. number seven, Someone I Care About, and Jesus, he still wants a girlfriend so bad. Yeah. <laughs> this poor guy. Oh, right. this is my favorite song in the album. Wait, it's- I have to read <laughs> Really? Steve, this so far favorite. you have like five favorites on the right. Okay. But that's all. You're allowed. Wait, I got to find the lyrics. I, uh, I'm see, on that, my, I uh, print them out. I, 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 I ran into the problem you are in right now with the internet misbehaving and scrolling around. <laughs> and so I actually right. just actually blow print them out. Go two ahead. sheets you, of paper. You, you look for your lyrics. Someone I care about. Oh, God. That's. Oh, God. Oh, there it is. Okay. I just got to remember <laughs> what, um, what it is. Oh my God! Yeah, this is like completely the anti like rock and roll song. Yeah. Right, like, right, right. You don't want a girl to fall, and first of all, who says fall? Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess that was back in the. That, that was. Like I think that was still in the. Kinda. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now we're all balling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, my the line of love. Well, I don't want some cocaine sniffing triumph in the bar. <laughs> well, I don't want a triumph in the car. I don't want to make yeah. a rich girl crawl. What I want is a girl that I care about, or I want no one at all. All right, listen to this all now. Right. You know, <laughs> picture this. Picture this. And you're right. It's so not rock and roll. It's no. so like uh, anti, especially yeah. think about the bands of that time, uh, 70s, what they were singing about. True. <laughs> well, this, you know, this, I'm going to put this in the same category as sort of dropped out of the sky and, 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 and fell and just, you know, Mysteriously hit the earth as that the first yes. Dream Syndicate album. Where um, you, you, are you familiar with uh, Days of Wine and Roses by the Dream Syndicate? Oh yeah, yes. where it came out and you were like, you know, what the fuck? Where did this? Where, where did this come from? <laughs> another also another record highly influenced by the Velvet Underground. Another Velvet record. Well, yes, I have exactly, a I have yeah. a penchant for that kind of stuff. Yes, you do. So. So, uh, girlfriend, and uh, this one gives this one the, the cringe element on girlfriend is is the, it is is to eleven. And also, I just want to point out, I, I just want to point out on, on the song. This song is not called Pablo Picasso, but he mentions art and paintings in this song. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So one. here's another geographical thing because yes, um, walking in one of my favorite things to do because I lived in Boston, um, and you could. Uh, go uh, and I, I the, my friends that I was hanging out with, um, I fell in with the um, group of uh, folks who were art, sco- art students who went to the museum school. 
Of course, which was affiliated with the museum. <laughs> right. And um, museum so they of could fine get me art in free to the, in Boston. Yeah, get me in free to that museum and and going there. So when they yeah when he says the uh, the Cezans right the museum if I, of fine if arts, I were to walk like, the museum of fine arts in Boston. Yep. So you could get in free. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah, could you, it's almost like how could you not get into the you like especially growing up there and living in Boston? How could you not love this record? You know. Oh yeah. I mean that's why I had to. You know, obviously, there's a million records we could have talked about anything. Right. Uh, but I feel like given this once in a lifetime opportunity to <laughs> proselytize, you, you can edit that uh, edit that in later. Right. Um, this this is to me this is the album because it's it's a Boston centric record. Oh yeah, totally. um, it it came out when I was a teenager and it it spoke to me because like I said earlier it's like Jonathan was a uh, uh, celebrating not you know the conquest but he was celebrating the search for the right for yeah. the oh purpose. boy oh boy yeah. did he did he yes <laughs> so understandable he's, so he's basically saying he's walking through but if but if if. I had a girlfriend by my side. Then I could look through the paintings. I could look right through them because I'd have found something that I understand. I understand a girlfriend, and I don't think he really understands. <laughs> I just wonder, you know, I got to figure that Jonathan, it just, you know He's what? He's like a 12-year-old boy's he, version well, of what a What he reminds me of, yeah. He's thinking of. He reminds me of Brian Wilson. In Brian Wilson, the way that oh, he yeah. looks at yes. women in those songs from the 60s, and he has this idealized version of a right, relationship. Kind and of naive, right. naive, yeah. exactly, and uh, innocent. Yeah. yeah, or weren't we all? Yeah, this song was like the theme song to so many lonely Sundays for me. Ah, oh. uh, <laughs> so I, I had similar difficulty finding a girlfriend or, or keeping one. Since right. of course, once you find one, then you uh, right. Oh well, you, you have, have to. <laughs> yes, indeed. But, uh, so we gotta go to. Uh, we're getting down, man. We gotta get in the modern oh, world. So yeah, which oh, we're is, in the modern world. I now. think it's great that he because he has the uh, he has the old world thing, but he's like, but he's saying, you know, maybe he, you know he uh, he he modern loves world the old is not world. So bad. Yeah, but I think I don't know if he's if his heart's really in this modern world thing. It's almost like I feel like he's saying it because he's making a concession. Maybe I'll get a girl to like me if I say I like the modern world. You right. Know? Yeah, I, I like it okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My he wants her to not drop so her, bad. He well, says. he wants her to stop smoking and drop out of BU, though. Yeah. So that's, that's so my advice. We know advice. that BU is, is Boston University, which we was do. Yes. a huge part of the, uh, uh, the oh, my stupid computer. Uh, BU was, was one of those campuses that goes all the way through the city, or like not through the city, but through like part of the city. Right. And you know, encompasses like all of Com Ave for like a couple miles. Yep. And uh, and uh, everyone moved from, I don't know how this happened, like nobody from Massachusetts ever went to BU. <laughs> it, was, it was only people from really? New York and New Jersey. Ah, everyone you I didn't met, know that. everyone I met who went to uh, BU came from New York or New Jersey. That's funny. So. That's interesting because actually my dr the uh, the drummer in my band up there, Matt Burns, worked at the campus convenience store at BU. It was like the BU's campus convenience. I remember he worked in the store there. But uh, so I knew people that worked at BU. But you, you're uh, that's an interesting point that the people who went yeah. there didn't live in Boston. Or in so Boston. put but down the, put a... down the cigarette and share the modern world with me. Oh, it's beautiful, Becky. But I gotta say, like you know. The whole album had been about um, these kind of poetic uh, 
geographical uh, tributes to the Boston area. Right, right. But, but we got to call Jonathan out a little bit forced on one of them here in this song, in the last song where he says, out on the Ruder 9. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no one no one ever said that, right? Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> Wasn't like, he was he was forcing the meter there a little bit. Right. But Route yes. 9 runs uh, right through his uh, his hometown of Natick. Right. And uh, so he, he had to get Route 9 in there. And then, right. of course, later, when I wrote when I started writing songs, I had put Route 1 in there, so I wrote a song about Route 1. All right. But you just said Route 1. You didn't say... I think I, uh, one. Uh, uh, I might have tried to <laughs> probably had to force it too. I'd have. I can't. Yeah, uh, I gotta work in Shortcrest Drive. Oh no, drive. I said I, I forced it even more because I said driving on Route Number One. Route Number no Oh, one. see, see, look at you <laughs> shit, guilty of the shitting on Jonathan Richmond. There you go. <laughs> that's not easy. That's right. But that brings the uh, the, the regular album, the one that I grew up with, um, to an end. But then, like years later. Um, you know, after you know, we had, I'd played through like dozens of these, uh, worn out dozens of these records playing the same old record, right? News came that they were finally going to start releasing the unreleased, the great unreleased tracks, right? And they are, especially I'm Straight, which if they, I'm you know, straight. so we got to hit dignified and old, but I think we, we all Don't know, let your youth go to waste, too, right. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're going to be all dignified and old, and I don't know. I've known some old people, and some of them are dignified, and yeah, you don't automatically. <laughs> you get don't. It's not an yeah. automatic, you know. Right. You don't. That's fair. You don't graduate just by getting old That's to fair. being dignified, because uh, right. we got some local. So yeah, it's amazing the <laughs> the other the amount of other great songs they still demo. They almost could have made a. A double record, a debut the, record, almost could have been yeah. a double record. So so many good songs. The so these extra tracks, they only came out when? When did these come out? Gosh, it must have been. I knew it was still in Boston. It was probably in the mid-'80s. The, the first one I heard was uh, called The Original Modern Lovers, and it had a really ugly black-and-white cover. Right. Like yeah, yeah. A 50s-style photo. Yep. But that had Don't Let Our Youth Go to Waste and I'm Straight. Yeah, and I think that was even uh, I don't yeah I think it was early '80s because I heard I'm straight. I was definitely you know maybe yeah I remember hearing in high school or I, I just never graduated. heard a version that didn't have I'm straight on it. So and uh, well, what's amazing about I'm straight is that he's dissing on his band members that were standing right behind him. Of course, of course, And if you look in pictures, there's some there's some glazed typical '70s looking right. looks on the rest of the band and. <laughs> Jonathan, you know. He was not having any of No. <laughs> no, no, no. And, you know, the star of I'm Straight, of course, is the is Hippie Johnny. And uh, he's always stoned. He's never straight. <laughs> but, he, but he has the girl. He does. Yeah, he does. And Jonathan seems to Girls think Girls love that, those bad boys, man. They do. Uh, it's so true, though. Or maybe just the guys that aren't Jonathan. <laughs> right. <laughs> So the, let's see. Good where's, point. That's a strong point. Uh, where's this line that uh, I called this number three times already today, but I I got scared. I put it back in place. I put my phone back in place. I still don't know if I should have called up. Look, just tell me why don't you if I'm out of place. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> the answer is he's just riffing. I mean, he's just he is, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is it's so not a lyric. It's, it's a, so right, beautifully right. Exactly, painful. Right, exactly. It's so identifiable to every geeky boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, here's your chance to make me feel awkward and wish <laughs> that I had never called up this place. Boom, 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 boom. It's brilliant. It it's brilliant. totally brilliant. And Hippie Johnny, you know, every time he says Hippie Johnny, he's like a jazz player who's coming in so far behind the beat that you're like, how did they do that? How does he come in so I would just, I'd love to see I'd love to see the other guys' faces in the band oh when God. he's singing because I'm sure they had this bemused the look on their face. Oh These are all God. such great musicians. And he's great, too. He's so good, but he's so weird. He's so strange. Yeah, <laughs> so and he's so forlorn. But so great, so great. So beautifully forlorn. I would, love to, such I would a have loved to have been in this band, but I don't think I could have played that song. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> the timing on that is like... It is. <laughs> it is. It, it's beautiful. It's, it, it is, is really... Great. And this that's... The timing on this song is what speaks to the brilliance of the musicians in this band, including Jonathan. Yes. Is because yes. you listen to it and you're like, man, that is not. You don't just do that. That's work. So Rob is Rob yeah. is giving me the high sign that we got it. <laughs> now we did it. We Government did the record. I feel like we did, definitely did it justice. And uh, man, Steve, you were a really good guest, by the way. Uh, well, hey, yeah. I, I, we'll I have, need uh, you guys are you guys are great hosts. I really enjoy the, well, let's the just, podcast, and I'm <laughs> glad you're finally doing a, a good record. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you Yo, can, uh, man, can't all be you're, winners to everyone. You're writing off. Uh, you need to get back to the list. Got someone. Every record got someone high. That's, That's the true. Thing, though, uh, some just, just about what number in. is this? What this number is are we? 20. This is our 20th, 20th episode, episode. We've so been doing kind this, of a milestone. We, we, missed, we missed one week, right? We skipped a week. Um, well, we did the two-part Lou Reed two one. Part, oh, two-part yeah, Lou Reed. We did, we did all in one night. But, um, yeah, well, that's yeah. because no. I was probably 20 years old when this album was really uh, yeah. hitting me and, and speaking to me. So uh, yeah. I'm honored to be your 20th uh, guest. Thank you very much for inviting. Oh, thanks for coming. Steve, we definitely like to have fantastic. you again. And yeah, you're going to be back. So keep, yeah, yeah. get to thinking about your second favorite record. All right, so real quick, <laughs> real quick, next week we are going to do Nick Lowe. We are going to do uh, Pure Pop for Now People. Which is oh, a yes. remarkable record. Great record. It was uh, the British version. It was Jesus of Cool, but the U.S. label didn't think the Jesus part would fly, so yeah. they called it uh, Pure Pop for Now People. <laughs> But a uh, great record, and uh, we're going to do that. We're going to have our guest, uh, Gary Messick, is going to be our guest, and that's next week. But um, thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks again. And yeah, that's, thank you, Steve. Uh, this is That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs>